God in the flesh dying for me and you. We are covered by the blood. I want to read to you a passage in Scripture in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. It's an amazing happening. Don't throw the verses up. I know they did, but take it off. How do I know? I don't know. But it was up. Keep it off for just a sec. I love this kind of story because God, can I, get, can I get y'all real attention tonight? Because God loves you, but sometimes he needs to correct you. God loves He's got so much grace for you, but some of you guys, you got a lot of grace, and now you need some truth. You got a lot of grace. Oh, I love God. He's, he's, he loves me. He loves me. And he also wants to change you. If you are a child of God, why are you walking like you got somebody else's daddy? Why are you acting like you don't serve a holy God, doing what you want on Monday, Tuesday, and acting like a saint on Sunday? You need to know who your daddy is. He loves you. Yeah, he's got grace. But here's the truth. God wants to correct you. There's this process of sanctification that begins to happen when you say yes to Jesus. That, can you lower the music just a little bit more? Lower the music. I'm already crying. <clears throat> Not really. Somebody say Exodus. I love this story because this is evidence that because of who God is, he doesn't just love you, but he also takes you through your journey. Exodus chapter 12. You guys with me? This is God saying, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. Somebody say that night. Somebody say tonight. Okay, it's not tonight. I'm kidding. Don't say that. I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast, and, all, and on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. You guys are like, man, I didn't know God actually worked that way. I thought he was all like mountaintops and daisies. But man, if you know God, you know that he is just. You know that he is holy. And because he is holy, that means that he cannot be where evil is. He cannot hang around darkness. He shines bright in darkness, but he cannot be associated with it. He's holy. He's holy. Somebody say he's holy. And I want to correct someone tonight. Listen, God brings correction because he is holy. He corrects us because he's holy. If he said he was holy and he let you do whatever you want and he lets you act like you're a Christian and walk and cuss after church and be whoever you wanted to be, you still got grace, but you're an immature Christian. Thinking that you can walk in, put a mask on, put Christian on, and be who you really are outside of the house of God. We're not the, the churches in these four walls. We're the church. And God wants to walk you through your journey. He doesn't want to grow the person you pretend to be. He wants to grow the person that you, you won't even confess you actually are. And he corrects you because he's holy. It's weird that he has this grace that he loves sinners, right? That's like, that's the crazy part of this thing. What's crazy is that a holy God died for sinners. What's crazy is that a holy God gave his son, his one and only son, who lived a perfect life to die for people that might not even say yes to him. That's what's crazy about this. But what isn't crazy is that God actually corrects those that he loves. That God actually allows his believers be corrected. God brings correction because he's holy. Here's the next idea. Throw it up. 
God's grace doesn't cancel his holiness. Because he's grace, yes, he's grace, but he's still holy. He's still holy. You guys are kind of scared. Man, if God really does correct those who are doing wrong, you're probably waiting on God to correct you. Proverbs 21:15. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoers. When, when justice comes, when God actually be who he says he is and don't just give you grace but gives you truth, the evil inside of you, the, the, the dark side that some of us lean to, the, the, the things that we know we need to change and fix, that we, don't, that we don't address, that we don't approach. That's why sometimes you walk in, walk in the house and you're like, I don't know, God. I don't know if I could really do this thing because of sometimes the things I do. Listen, here's my next idea. Don't resist the correction of God. At least he's still reaching. That was funny. Let's not be funny. Don't resist the correction of God. At least he's still reaching. Like when God reaches out, can you grab my hand? Oh, how you doing? That's some of us coming to church, we give handshakes like that. It's so weird. How you doing? <laughs> my arm hurts. Stop. So God reaches out, and he, he tries to point you in a different direction. That's called conviction. Some of you guys are like, Pastor, I, I keep doing the same things, and I feel terrible about it. There's a word of the Lord. Stop doing those things. <laughs> because God is convicting you because he's trying to grow you. God is making you uncomfortable because he wants you to do something different. And some of us are like, man, my whole relationship with God is kind of like weird because I'm always being corrected. I'm always being told what not to do. I'm, listen, if God is reaching, be grateful. Yeah. If God is still reaching, if you're still being convicted, be grateful. It's a scary place to stop feeling the tap of God. It's a scary place to be so into church, so into things of the Lord and be so into sin that the songs don't hit you no more. That the message don't make sense no more. That the conviction is gone and you're one person in the house of God and a different person outside the house of God. Listen, the world that we're trying to reach needs Christians to be more like Christ and less like the world. And for us to be the people that God's calling us to be, we can't resist correction. We can't resist God's hand. We need to stay under it. We need to let him do what he's doing. My next idea is this. If you're resisting correction, you're resisting growth. If you're resisting the correction of God, I want to know you're in the, the worst part of your life right now. Because this is literally a season where you're probably going through mountains and lows and you're not, you're not growing. Here's my thing. If there's a mountain in front of me and I'm supposed to go to the top, I believe that's growth. Even if there's a valley after that, I know I'm still supposed to go through it and grow. Because God doesn't waste painful experiences. Sometimes we do. God doesn't waste situations that seem like there's no way out. Sometimes we do. And we lose faith. And we resist. Listen, if you deny the counsel of God, don't expect the fruit of obedience. Holy Spirit is sent, right? So you have God the Father. He sends Jesus to die for the world, to save us. He grabbed the keys of hell. The enemy doesn't even have the keys to his own house, right? Grab the keys of hell. He's seated, at, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But Jesus said, I need to leave so I can send the helper, the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And if you deny the Holy Spirit and claim Jesus to be your Lord, then I want to let you know you'll never experience the fruit of obedience. Yeah. 
and, and, you know, denying the spirit can be something like him telling you to pray for someone and lay hands and you literally denying. It could literally be him leading you on to make a decision to join the church. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with going all in with the church. There's everything wrong with acting like you're all in, but being something that you're not. There's nothing wrong with being all in. Just go in and watch God catch you. Just take a leap of faith. I promise he'll uphold you with his right hand. But if you deny the counsel of God, then don't expect the fruit of obedience. I want to keep reading. So, so God says, can we go back to Exodus uh, verse 12? No, you're killing screens tonight. For I will pass through, somebody say pass through, the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike at the firstborn in the land, right? Let's skip, let's skip to verse 13. The blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So God is saying, I'm going to bring judgment to this land. Not because I hate the world, but because I'm holy. And I am not only grace, I'm also truth. So I'm going to bring correction. I'm going to bring judgment. I'm going to be who I am. But here's the thing. Here's the catch. There's a way out. If you just take blood and you put it at the front of the house, wherever you are, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will destroy you. When I look at you, and I look at your life. If I see the blood of Jesus on you, I will pass over judgment. You will no longer be condemned for your sin, but you will be claimed righteous because of your belief in Jesus. My next idea, I will bring judgment, God says. But if you're covered by the blood, I will pass over you. I'll pass over you. It's called the Passover. This is the, this is the, the Passover. Let me tell you tonight, if you accept Jesus, you're covered by the blood. If you ever say yes to Jesus before, you are covered by the blood. Anybody believe that tonight? I love this verse. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you or destroy you. I will pass over you. Somebody say Passover. Remember one time, my brother was going to a concert. He was real hype about it. And I got kind of hyped about it too. But he was more hyped than me. So he bought his tickets like way in advance. Anybody that go to concerts and they buy their tickets like way in advance. Okay, who buys the tickets like almost like week of, day of, my type of people? All right, thank you. Awesome. So <laughs> he tells me he's going. I'm like, yo, I want to be in the building. Like it was at the Amway Center. It was this huge concert. And I was like, dude, I don't even know how much hundreds of dollars you're spending for your ticket. Um, I'm about to pay for the cheapest ticket. As long as I'm in the building, I'm in the building. You know what I'm saying? Put me in the building. I'm just going to be at the top like, hey, hey. Hey, he's mad small, but hey, I'm in the building. The day of, I found a ticket for $27. I'll tell you, he didn't pay that much. He paid a lot more. He was like in the lower bowl at the Amway Center, and I paid 20, somebody say 27 bucks. I paid 27 bucks. He goes there because he's a crazy fan. He goes there like hours early, and he's there like, yo, this is nuts. I can't wait for the concert. And then he hits me up. He calls me. I'm on my way because I don't get to concerts early. I don't do that. <laughs> Opening act is like, whatever, right? I'm going to get there after that. So I show up, and he calls me on my way. He's like, yo, you know I got my ticket in the lower bowl, right? I'm like, yeah, calm down, bro. 
He's like, yo, they just bumped me up. I'm like, what do you mean they bumped you up? He's like, they just bumped me up. I'm like, what do you mean they just bumped you up? He's like, I'm bumped up. I was like, all right, you bumped up. <laughs> when we remember the talk, sounds like we're fighting. We're we love each other, I promise. They bumped me up. I'm like, how far did they bump you? He's like, bro, I'm row six. I was row like 27. I'm like, dude, I'm row like 11,000. <laughs> so I tell him, bro, send me your ticket because if you got moved, that means that your ticket is empty. Your seat is empty. And I paid 27. You paid, I don't know how much you paid, but you paid a lot because you're in the lower bowl. I'm in the top. My nose is bleeding. <laughs> nose bleeds. And half the room goes, oh. We'll get you there, I promise. Keep coming. Keep coming to church. I'm like, yo, give me your tickets. Because I'll go right in your seat. He sends me the tickets. I go from the nosebleeds to the lower bowl. I walk in. I'm like, here's my seat. And they're like, oh. I'm with my boy. He's like, oh, this is her seat. Oh, you got bumped up too. I'm like, oh, dang, let's go. What? I call my brother. Yo, they bumped me up. They bumped you up. They bumped me up. They bumped you up. They bumped me up. So I'm going down, legit, I'm with my boy, and we're going down like, what row are we in? We end up row seven of the first section. Almost died. There's a couple next to me, and there's the anniversary, so he got tickets. He looks at me, and we're lit, because we're in it. We're like, yo, this guy, I can't believe we get, like, the stage right there, this is nothing. Oh, my God. Taking pictures. I paid $27. I'm saying how much I paid. The guy next to me, he, he goes, man. He turns, I'm like, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know what I'm saying? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Hater. Someone's been sitting on that haterade. He's next to me, and he's all like, yo, you know how much I paid for my ticket? I paid $700 for my seat alone. Me and my girl, I paid $1,400 for these tickets. He was mad. The whole concert, he was like. And for his jam, he was like, no, I'm like. So, so I'm like, what? $700? I paid $27. That was the best $27 I ever invested in my life. And how'd I get there? I don't know. How'd I end up in that spot? I don't know. Can I tell you that I had the right ticket? Had the right item. See, that's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus takes you further than you can ever go by yourself. The blood of Jesus will take you so far that God will look at you. Instead of casting judgment, he sends grace over you. That instead of, instead of condemning you for your sin, if you're honest enough to repent. You see, a lot of us have sin, but a lot of us have sin that goes unchecked. There's a difference. See, when I fall and I come to the feet of Jesus, I repent. I have a repentant heart. God, I'm sorry. I'm moving on. I'm serious. To repent is to turn away, not to look back while you're walking towards the world. To repent is to stop and turn around. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to give you his, give you his blood. The blood of Jesus will get you over things that people stumble over. The blood of Jesus will get you over so much. You're trying to follow God without, without actually believing in the power that Jesus has inside of you. He's graced you for this. The blood of Jesus will, will start a, a blessing and stop a curse. 
from coming into your life. You guys with me tonight? Somebody shout this out. My next idea is say, I am covered by the blood. I am covered by the blood. I want to read to you John 14, verses 14 to 16. If you ask anything in my name, somebody say anything. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Some of y'all just like, damn, that sounds like my ex. If you, if you love me, you'll do what I say, right? Man, God looks at you the same way. You're saying you love me. You're saying you love me. You do nothing that I like. You do nothing that is of me. Your life is completely invested in every other culture except for my culture. See, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How is it that we found a way to love God up here but forgot to love God out here? How is it that we found a way to be a Christian without actually really being Christ-like? That's because we love God, but sometimes we don't keep his commandments. And listen, when you're not keeping the commandments of God, he will correct you. He will sharpen you up. He will lead you to a place that's called the end of yourself, and you need to make a decision. Am I going to surrender my life, or am I going to continue to be my own God, leading my way to destruction? We said this last camp. You know what hell is? Hell is a bunch of things, but I want to tell you my definition of hell. It's a monument of your free will. The moment you become your own God and you live in your own free will, you are now walking towards the monument of hell. Hell says, do whatever you want, and God's at heaven saying, do what I want. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then, verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. So I was in Columbia. I'm landing the plane. Um, worship team, come up, because I'm ready to sing. You guys ready to sing? I told you it was a short message, and we're going to get out of here in a second. You guys feel good in here? Yeah. Don't need no chairs in here, man. Who lied? So I, uh, I got another story from Colombia. I got to tell you, I had, I had the greatest time ever. Um, I was in Colombia with uh, my fiance. Hi, fiance, my fiance. We call each other Fifi. Is that weird? I don't care. We're out in Colombia. We're hanging out. We actually went uh, to the beach, but we had to take a, like a 40-minute boat ride to the beach, right? It's uh, Playa Blanca. I don't know if you ever heard of it. In Cartagena, Colombia. I'm just so cultured right now. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> so we go out there. We're hanging out, right? We're, we're just chilling, kicking it back, and it's a beautiful day. It's time to leave. So we literally got to go in the same direction that we came. I got to tell you, so the docks, the place that we got on the boat, we're next to a city. I mean, like the city of Cartagena. It was beautiful. The buildings are high. So we're like going out towards the sea with the city behind us. It looks beautiful. You can see it from so far. So as we're actually exiting the beach, this is what I told you guys. I almost died like three times. This is the second time I almost died. Last year I got to talk about the plane. That tried to land and took off again. But this time I'm in a boat. And if you know me, I get a little seasick. Can I be honest? Anybody else a little, a little sensitive to the, to the boat? Like, if, if you park a boat and it does one of these, find me a bucket. I'm going to the water with this one. Hello. So I'm on this boat, and we're headed back to shore. And, I, like, I hit, like, I hit Diana. I'm like, you don't see the city anymore, right? Because there's all these clouds in the way. It's a huge storm ahead, actually. And the beach, you can really see the sky because there's nothing in the way. So I'm looking at the sky, and I'm like, okay. We're headed that direction, and there's this big old storm coming. I'm not afraid. Psst, me? 
nah. I'm with Diana, she's next to me, and then the rain starts coming, and then, you know, it starts to get a bit more choppy, and then I couldn't see the city anymore. That's how, that's how much of a, of a fog there was. Um, so Diana's next to me, we have a towel, we're getting soaking wet by the rain. You know when it starts raining sideways? Like, God's about to come, right? Like, it's raining sideways, what? It's raining sideways, we got a towel over. I look at D, and this was probably a little dramatic on my end, I gotta be honest. I'm like, yo, this is it. You know, I love you. <laughs> he was like, you know, I love you. You love me. I love you. You love me. I love you. It's like, babe, we fought the good fight. We went out. We went out serving the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? We, we did it. I was ready to go. And I literally told D, I told him, I'm not lying. I said, you know, hey, if we survive this, God wins. If we, if we die this, you know, we just meet, we go to heaven quicker. There's no way we lose in this situation. And legit, I'm putting her on blast right now. She started tearing up. She's like, oh, my God. I love you. And it's like, I'm like, baby, you cried. I was just kidding, girl. What you mean? Ah. She's like, I'm ready too. You know, I'm ready. But it's scary. I don't know. So the rain gets harsh. Can, I, can you put a picture? I got to find a picture on Google kind of what it looked like. Can you put the first picture up of kind of what the storm looked like? Literally from my perspective, this is what I saw. <laughs> and I, I'm on this boat. <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, are you ready, partner? You know, are you ready? So the storm's coming. I couldn't see anything. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to die again. At this point, y'all was already at the second 360 worship night. And I was like, yo, this is, I can go right now. I can go. This is awesome. So we can't see the end. We couldn't see the end of the storm. And after a while, it just got less choppy. The rain slowed down, and we made it to the other side. So here's the thing. In the middle of the storm, it really feels like the end, doesn't it? In the middle of the storm, it feels like it's over. But you know how God sees storms? Can you put the next picture up? He sees things from a bird's eye view. This is a much larger storm, but even if, like if you're looking and you can't see the other side because the storm in the way, go back to my, my, my vision, right? And this is how we see that. Like, oh my God, I can't see the end. I can't even see the other side. I don't know I'm going to make it. I think it's time to stop coming to church. Oh, I don't see the other side of this addiction. I don't know if I can make it. I think God really isn't real. I, 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 I can't see the other side. So maybe it's time for me to go back to who I used to be because I'm not where I want to be. Man, I came to encourage you tonight. The God you serve doesn't see things from your perspective. He sees things, next picture, from a bird's eye view. He says, listen, you're about to head into a storm, but I promise you at the end, there will be cool waters. You're about to go through a storm. Don't be discouraged because you're in the middle. Don't quit because you're, you're experiencing some waves. Don't give up because it's tough, but I see the other side. I can see it. The Bible says there's a cloud of witnesses in heaven praying for you, interceding for you. They see the end. They've won and they're cheering you on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because I love you and I see the end from the beginning. Some of you guys are right here in your walk with God and you're about to quit. You're about to jump overboard. And God says, yo, this is going to end up pretty awesome if you let me work with you. Let me correct the way you're paddling. If you let me correct the way your vision is. If you let me correct the way you're doing this boat thing. I promise you, you'll come out the other side stronger than how you went in.
See, storms were meant to defeat you. They were meant to build you. See, so many people walk away from God because they've been through a couple storms. Those who are striving and in the will of God, they, they've been through some storms and they've kept it through. They've got some scars to show that God still heals. They've got some stories and testimonies that God still works even when you don't feel like he's working. He's working in your advance.